Hello, hello, and welcome to an episode of The Fastest Lap, a Formula One podcast hosted by a girl. Now, if you caught the Australian Grand Prix, you know that it was chaos and it was carnage. And I put that all in capital letters because that's what it was. I have no idea what happened in this race because there must be something in the Melbourne air and Albert Park must do something every single year that causes just a little bit of spice in the season right at the start. So at the start of the race, Max Verstappen shooing to win, everybody's favourite. He was gearing up to go and be in charge of the race for the whole race. But little did he know that the two Mercedes were going to shove him out of P1 really quickly. George Russell was actually leading the race for quite a while and at the same time his buddy Charles Leclerc had managed to beach himself in the gravel trap just on the left hand side on that first turn. Now if you've been following the F1 since the start of the season you'd know that Charles Leclerc's DNF before. The first DNF was caused by an engine issue in Bahrain and then it all started to go a little bit downhill for the monogas. Now, what I want to say is that Charles Leclerc is a really good, really capable driver, but it seems like this year Ferrari's cars just not supporting him in any way, shape or form. It's the worst season start that he's had. Last year he was miles ahead of everybody else in terms of points, and this year he's got six points to his name. At the same time, his teammate, Carlos Sainz, seems to be doing alright. He's been pretty persistent and been qualifying in better positions, he's been able to get to grips with the car a lot easier, but even Australia wasn't Carlos Sainz's best day, because at the end of the race, before the last restart, he was hit by a five-second penalty from the stewards, because he caused a collision with Fernando Alonso that then kind of had like a domino effect, causing Pierre Gasly to put his Alpine in his teammate Esteban Ocon's Alpine meaning the two Frenchmen, DNF as well. Now, let's talk about the actual race and how things kind of like played out. So George Russell was in the lead, he was P1, he was doing really well, we got a couple of laps in, he was seven laps in, and then Alex Albon managed to hit the wall on the same gravel trap where Charles Leclerc had beached himself a couple of laps before. Now. Alex Albon is a great driver, he's had a great career so far, and the fact that he had whacked the wall, uh, my heart went out to him in that moment because I think he would have done really well if he hadn't hit the wall. Now, fast forward a little bit, we restart because Albon's crash caused a red flag. So, as we're red flagging and the cars are doing their standing start and they're following the safety car around, Max Verstappen must have been like, I'm going to get back into P1 and I'm going to show these guys what the Red Bull is really capable of. Now, from what we know already this season, the Red Bulls are amazing on the straights because they have that DRS that gives them a little bit more than everybody else. So during that first standing start of the restart for the race, Max Verstappen just absolutely asserts his dominance and he's like, see you later, guys, and gets himself in front of Lewis Hamilton and George Russell and everybody else. And there was a point where Max Verstappen was literally 10 seconds ahead of everybody else. And even on TV, you could literally see the gap between him and Mercedes. Now, even though Mercedes have been complaining about their cars and their drivers aren't convinced that they're the best shape that they've ever been in, they did so well in this race to get a P2 finish for Lewis Hamilton. Now, 
Albeit Max was 10 seconds ahead, that was not the end of our red flags for this race because two laps to go and Kevin Magnussen loses his tyre. The man had hit the side, he'd hit the barrier and the debris was going everywhere. His tyre was gone, he had to stop, he DNF'd and he was out of the race. Now, this was our second restart of the race and essentially this is where all the carnage started to happen because that collision that I mentioned between Carlos Sainz and Fernando Alonso happened in this second restart. So effectively what happened is they all go into the pits because obviously you have to go into the pits when there's a red light, when there's a red flag and essentially it's chaos. They're sitting there for 10 minutes, they're waiting, they're waiting, they're waiting, and they go back out. Now, it's like that, and away we go for the second time. And literally, as they're coming up for that first turn, Carlos Sainz literally just like hits Fernando Alonso's rear tire, and it's a domino effect. Everybody else starts doing things that they're not meant to do. So, Fernando Alonso manages to get control of his car again, and he's like, I'm, I'm fine, I'm gonna finish this race. Even though he was like in P12, I think, after that little collision, Carlos Sainz made it up to P3, but obviously he got hit with his little um, his little penalty of five seconds. Not the best day for the Spaniard. And then Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon managed to take each other out because Gasly hadn't looked at who was around him. And effectively, we then had our third red flag of the race. Now. This is where carnage started to ensue because as they were thinking about whether or not they should do the resulting order or revert to the initial starting for the race, the FIA just could not make up their mind and the stewards were like, hey, hang on, Carlos Sainz caused a collision, which isn't at least, it's not, it's not a lap incident, it's not a race incident, we have to give him a penalty and they're like, let's give him five seconds and you could hear him on the radio saying that it was unfair and that it was too early for them to make that decision because he was still sat in the pit lane and for the Spaniard it was a really emotional moment and it was really emotional for essentially anyone that's a Ferrari fan or anyone that's into the F1 in general because you could see the rawness of the emotions and the fact that he had tried so hard to keep that P4 position and get the points for Ferrari goes to show that in terms of his loyalty to the team he was in it to win it. Now back to that last lap. So, what happens is, we restart for lap 58, and it's not even a lap. It's literally the cars doing the formation and following the safety car around just so that they can get to the checkered flag. Now, as upsetting as it was that Ferrari didn't get any points in this race, you have to take it on the sleeve a little bit because it's what the FIA does best. They're not the most consistent in terms of their penalties this year, I'm going to say. But at the same time, if anyone deserves, like, fourth, should have been Nico Hülkenberg because he managed to get up to fourth during that last lap, that lap that the FIA had basically made them do so they could do the full 58 laps. Now, the only reason why it was up to 58 laps before the red flag and the restart was because Max Verstappen, who, in his Red Bull rocket ship, was in P1, um, had started his final lap. Now, I've talked a lot about Max Verstappen, but I haven't mentioned his teammate and the Mexican who is like the Minister of Defense in F1. 
Checo Perez. Now, Checo was starting down by the pit lane and managed to get himself up to P5. Now, if that doesn't show you that the Red Bulls are running on some sort of rocket fuel or they've got like Red Bull in their engines, or whatever it is, it's giving them wings to fly. This, I don't know what will. I really don't know what will. Because he was a man on a mission. He got up so fast and he did it so well that you would think he was playing Mario Kart on the grid. Now, I'm going to say that sometimes in F1, there's a lot of chaos and there's a lot of carnage, but that chaos and that carnage is what makes it a better race. I feel like the Australian Grand Prix was the one that had the most excitement so far because so much was happening. Now, Nico Hülkenberg, his fourth place finish was actually waved out by the stewards because of all the late race crashes that were being, ha- were being carried out. Now, after they did that final lap on lap 58, poor Nico Hülkenberg, his car actually stopped, which if he was still under race conditions, probably would have caused us another safety car and another restart. But luckily, they were like, we finished, we're done. Now, I want to talk to you about Mercedes as well, because I feel like Mercedes, this race, did something out of the ordinary, and they were like, amazing. They were in such an amazing spot, because the W14 is troubled, but it was really, really sharp in the Australian Grand Prix, and it was purely down to the fact that George Russell was the quickest to draw off the start and bolted into the lead with... Lewis Hamilton literally behind him. Now, the whole race, I think, was just absolutely mental. I think if you love and you absolutely adore watching the F1, this is one of the top ones so far. I think the other thing that is really commendable about this Australian Grand Prix is the fact that Max Verstappen has finally managed to actually win the Australian Grand Prix. And... This might be one of his most leisurely races because Max Verstappen could literally look in his side mirrors and be like, oh, there's nobody behind me. I can just keep going at whatever pace I want to go at. Now, I feel like Red Bull is actually holding back a little bit because I don't think we've seen what they're actually capable of. I feel like if if they were showing all their cards, we'd see quite a lot more at them. Now... At the same time, Mercedes is doing really well, but Ferrari, oh my, oh my, Ferrari, the SF23 just has something, there's something going, there's something going wrong there, and the thing is that both the drivers are really good at driving, and I think what we need to see from Ferrari is the fact that they need to regroup and really think about what they need to do in Baku, because they've not actually delivered the proper glimmers of the pace that they actually sh- should have this season. But Fernando Alonso, the oldest man on the grid, is doing amazingly well for himself this season. He's made it three out of three in terms of P3 finishes in the World Drivers' Championship. And I think if we look at El Plan that he has, I feel like he's in the in the ranks to kind of like get either a championship or be second. Right now, the way that it sits, Perez will be second, but I think Fernando Alonso will show us something else in the next couple of races. Now, McLaren might lack aero efficiency, but boy, in that Australian Grand Prix, did they actually manage to make it into the top 10. They grabbed themselves some points. And in his maiden first race in 
Australia, Oscar Piastri in his hometown managed to get some points as well. Now, I feel like what's happening this year is we're just seeing things being all over the place and the drivers are trying really, really hard. Teams are as well. But like with sport, like with all sports, we just don't know what's going to happen. And the changes that happen in a split second behind those wheels, we have to keep our eyes open as viewers, but also as fans in order to figure out what's going on. Now, all in all, chaos kind of just side. I'll probably go back and I'll watch some of the highlights of this race because I think it's quite good. But also, Pirelli, I bet you thought I was going to end it there. No, I'm not. I'm going to talk about Pirelli really quickly before I end this um, podcast. So, oh, Pirelli, our official tyre partners for the races, right? Now... Lando Norris was heard complaining about Pirelli's tyres because they just weren't getting up to temp in Melbourne and you could see it on the cars so even though they were weaving and trying to get some temperature up into those tyres they were waiting like two three laps before they even had enough temp to do anything. Now the tyres need the grip in order for them to drive really fast and do what they do best and from Williams, Alex Albon, who had spun and hit the wall, he actually should have been able to do that if he hadn't done what he did, if there was enough temperature in the tyres. And Logan Sargent also said, yeah, he agreed because there was something wrong with the traction the Pirelli tyres actually offer and this inconsistency in tyre temperatures. I don't know if it's the time of year that they're racing in Australia this year or if it's the fact that the tyres just aren't doing what they're meant to be doing. But I think Pirelli also needs to have some little like thought process and some thoughts about what their tyres are doing because this is not alright. Now, all in all, I think in terms of penalties, the FIA have been inconsistent through and through this year. But also, poor Pierre Gasly is on 10 penalty points. And if he gets two more, he's going to end up with a one lap ban, so he won't be able to race if he gets another two points on his license. Now, I feel like Melbourne is one of the best circuits that we see on the Grand Prix every single year, but I feel like the organizers have a little bit of work to do. I'm hoping that next year at the Aussie Grand Prix, we see some changes and we see some better kind of like security as well, because there was a lot of fans on the track when they shouldn't have been on the track. Now, it's dangerous, one, because they could get whacked by a car. And two, where was security? Now, the next race that's coming up is Baku. Baku isn't until the end of April, which means that I now won't probably release an episode until after the Baku race. But all in all, I think some of the teams have got some serious regrouping to do and some of them just need to keep doing what they're doing because the Red Bull rocket ship looks like it's going to win another World Drivers' Championship this year. Ferrari are just not having their best time this year and Mercedes seems to be making a comeback. So this was the fastest lap and I will see you in the next one.